And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Okay, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Very happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's nice to talk to you. Are you in L.A.? I'm in L.A. briefly, even though I normally am here all the time, but I'm, I'm in New York most of the summer. I just had to come back for a few days. Yeah. How's the... Uh, it seems like we might be coming out of the pandemic here on the West Coast, probably most places, but... Um, yeah. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but mm-hmm. how's it feeling down there in LA? Um, it feels kind of amazing, but in a way that makes me nervous. Like it just seems, yeah. it seems like everyone's like, oh, we're just, concerts are back and we're going to party. It just seems all, it feels very all of a sudden. Um, and I'm always prepared for the worst in my mind. So it makes me a little bit anxious, but, but it's amazing. I mean, being vaccinated feels like a superpower, you know? Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
superpower. Where are you? I'm in Seattle. Oh, great. And I just heard that we are 70% fully vaccinated as a city. That's amazing. So that's like what they, I think that's what's supposed to be herd immunity, according to someone. Ooh, that's why they're talking about it so much. Yeah, I think I heard that, that 70% is supposed to be the guess for when we reach, I don't know, I could have made that up, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. And we have a lottery for the people who won't get vaccinated. Yeah, I think California's doing that too. It's really funny. I want to win it, and then I want to find the person who's just totally unwilling to get vaccinated, and I just want to dangle that cash Mm -hmm. in front of them, see what happens. I know it's it's very bizarre. It's bizarre. Are you doing anything that you weren't doing over the pandemic regularly? Um, yeah, I mean, I very reasonably, in my opinion, was very, very careful. I was very afraid of COVID. Um, I'm already afraid of getting sick. Like being a singer, it's just I'm a little dramatic about it. I will admit, like I like I'm anxious about it in an unproductive way. But I think the foundation mm-hmm. of the fear is is reasonable. Like I'm a singer, and getting sick is kind of like ruins my life for a short period of time. (laughs) And so COVID particularly scared me. And then of course, I was terrified of giving it to somebody else. That was always really just scared me. The idea of giving it to somebody I love, a stranger, just the whole thing, like a lot of people, I found it very scary. So I was super vigilant about it. But since being vaccinated, I feel completely safe. I mean, I just feel, I feel totally liberated from that. The the most exciting thing is I went um, to New York my brother and my sister-in-law have a baby. She's nine months old. My dad was there. We we're all together. And there was just like no panic. It was just hanging out. That's really fun. And then my best friend's birthday was last night. And we just all danced together. So much fun. It's just like <laughs> all these things I took for granted. I guess that's, that's the cliche about it. But yeah. That's fun. Was that the first time you saw your niece? I met no, I met her when she was born. I did go out there when she was born just in a hundred masks and a lot of gear yeah. and quarantined and all that stuff. But I, I did do that. But I just hadn't seen her in so long and she loves music. It's so yeah. cute. And I don't this is the first baby I've ever known. Like I'm I'm I don't know any babies. And it's I'm sure I'm blown away by really regular stuff. But it's so fun. She, I, every evening we have our little piano lesson and she sits in my lap and I play some piano. And since she bangs on the piano and it's, um, it's pretty amazing. It's just yeah. really fun. Yeah. Speaking of a hundred masks, that reminds me, I just came across a picture of myself that I took on a plane mid pandemic. I went to LA to do some work for a week and I was wearing a yellow aviator glasses and a shield and a rest a giant respirator on the plane <laughs> oh man i must have looked crazy uh, my friend my first friend who traveled wore like goggles like bodysuit like whole, i mean it's just like i get it but it's just it's, it is kind of funny to see how ridiculous we all just like immediately committed to this kind yeah. of hazmat aesthetic yeah, I bought a Tyvek suit to do something else, and I wow. l- had it packed in my bag. I was like, I don't know if I'm yeah. what if I gotta pop this on, I will. Why not? Crazy. How did the pandemic treat you? Were you inspired to do anything, or were you in completely uninspired and stared at your wall the whole time? I was inspired by new things. I will say, I found it to be incredibly uninspiring for songwriting. It was just like Groundhog Day. 
for me. And I will say part of that is I was finishing my record and I have a hard time sometimes when I have like a body of work that has not yet been like released. I have a very hard, like I, I mean that literally, but also just emotionally released from me. I have a hard time creating a bunch of new songs. I just, there's something that feels like, um, it was like betrayal or something weird. So that's part of it. But, but I I just also found my life boring and my songs are all very personal. So I, I found it really uninspiring for songwriting, but I just, I kind of found creativity in different ways. I, my, I joined a zoom writing class like March, 2020. That's been the greatest thing I ever did, like silver lining in my experience. Yeah. So I started like essay writing and writing a lot of personal essays. And then I got to spin magazine, let me write a couple things for them. That, That was like a whole new thing that I started to do. That was my favorite. Um, That's rad. COVID. Yeah. How about you? Did you feel inspired throughout? Um, I I learned a new skill. I started editing drums, but I ended up editing dialogue for podcasts or stuff like that and some vocals as an experiment. Um, So I kind of learned a new skill. I should have made my masterpiece drum record. And again, just like... (laughs) fucking uninspired and my house is filthy right and that i feel like it's unfair to treat it like a time when like we could have all written our like grand master thesis of whatever it just seems like right. it just is an, an uninspired i mean it's of course some people did do incredible things did sure. you see bo burnham's netflix um inside have you watched it yet i just started it i started it at like yeah. one in the morning so i fell asleep but it's good yeah, and he feels like somebody who, like, really did make his, like, <laughs> you know. But I just think it's kind of an unreasonable idea in a way because it was such a oppressive experience, at least for me, emotionally, you know, very claustrophobic. It just didn't make me feel particularly creative. Yeah. Yeah, I was not chill. I was not uh, picking up anything necessarily healthy. And I yeah. was, for some reason, busier than ever. And yeah, I was actually really busy too, which was surprising. Yeah. But I appreciated that. Yeah. Well, with, with the pandemic and also, um, not to be forgotten, our social justice movement, how do you feel? You feel like we're changed forever. You think we'll go back to most of the same habits, hopefully, uh, socially, uh, we are at least more conscientious and conscious. I think we probably are. Um, what do you think? What, where are we going to go from here? Yeah, that um, it's strange. While you were asking that, I feel like I, within that like 30 seconds, I convinced myself of both answers. Like um, mm-hmm. my first instinct is we haven't changed at all. My first instinct is like, we need another pandemic. Like that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like we all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I remember the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, Oh my God, nature's back. Like there's dolphins yeah. swimming in the whatever, you know, like that was, <laughs> yeah. and everyone was like, Oh my God, how beautiful is this? Like the air is clear and it just, it's over. So it seems like that might even be like a little, you know, just like almost like a metaphor for the whole thing. Like it just, I'm not sure it took, and to be fair, you know, I think all of us are very eager to do all the things we didn't do. So it's like kind of, it almost feels like a rubber band. Like we're like extreme in the opposite direction. But, but at the same time, I do, the world does feel very different to me. I mean, I do think the social justice movement, I mean, it's been the biggest change I felt in my life so far. It feels like the sure. biggest shift of some perspective. Yeah, um, me too. And that's, 
And that's not that's that's really saying something, because I think that uh, these issues are obviously issues we've been talking about forever. And yet, for some reason, this was the moment that kind of, at least for me, made us feel like we crossed a line to something different rather than the same. Whether that will translate to actual like the betterment of lives and Mm -hmm. quality and like a really like real way rather than just in conversation or like on Instagram. I don't know. You know, I I really hope so. Um, The internet feels different. It does. You know what I mean? But like, will will it make people's lives better and safer and more equitable? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And then with the internet, it's been obviously a great tool to spread the word, but it's mess. The message sometimes gets thinned out, obviously with Mm -hmm bullshit from other people and and people's Mm -hmm. uh surface feelings about globally important things But yeah, Instagram has been interesting and I've been, I guess I've kind of glued to it at times. I did watch quite a few excerpts of people streaming shows and stuff. I couldn't watch most of it entirely. The only thing I watched consistently all the way through was some poetry stuff, which was a new thing for me. I'm not a poetry person. But did you stream? Did you find that outlet useful? Yes. I, in the beginning, I did so many. I think my like fundamental nature is to work as often and as hard as I can and say yes to everything. That's my instinct, especially when things are new and I feel like a beginner at something, you know, before I understand something, I generally feel like say yes and grow from it is my, is my nature. And so I think in the beginning, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'll sing there. And I ended up playing a show on the internet all the time. It was, and, yeah. and then it got to a point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, first of all, as much as I am grateful for the fact that I was still working, very, very grateful. And as much as I would rather sing than not sing any day, I think that online shows are not only less fun than real shows. I think they're like the inverse and exact opposite of a real mm-hmm. show. Like I hate, I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I find them, <laughs> I find them to be really lonely and isolating, obviously, and mm-hmm. the feeling of performing. I mean, in a weird way, it kind of reminded me when I used to open for Maroon 5 and I would <clears throat> sing in these arenas and I would not be able to see anybody. Right. You know, in a weird way, it did kind of feel like that, but you can't hear them either. So it's just, it, it's very, <laughs> it just feels very lonely to me. And I, I didn't like it. I, I think the thing that I'm addicted to is the feeling of connection. That's like sure. why I like to make music and why I'm obsessed with listening to music. I just want to feel connected. It just felt like the opposite of that. And so it started to, and it also just felt boring because I usually don't just play and sing by myself. That's not usually how I play a show. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a fun challenge. I'm really, really grateful for that challenge for like the first three months. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I really, yeah. I feel like the fact that I haven't played on a stage for a real audience in this long, it feels like I am missing a, appendage or something i really miss it a lot so yes i did did you <laughs> uh yeah i didn't i didn't do anything i didn't do any online performing i did a couple classes drum drum classes um but yeah i didn't do any live performing cold war kids recorded and streamed four shows but 
that was recorded and then streamed. Right. So, right. Um, That's not that different. Maybe the difference is there's like, you don't have those awkward moments of like, Hey guys, what are you saying? Oh wait, let me read the chat. What, who at? Like, you know, you don't have like the yeah. awkward attempt and that's better. <laughs> yeah. I did um, see this band, the Melvins. They did something called Melvins TV and it was kind of interesting. It was like interviewing people, interviewing each other and then playing shows and they had green screen stuff like a TV show. I think if I, I mean, I'm envious of people who are more like inspired and adept with technology and maybe were like excited to create a stage in their home or on their online mm-hmm. somehow. Like I, I really am missing that. I'm like an idiot with technology and I'm not a very visual person. And so I feel like I was really missing the spark for that, right. I, I was I'm envious of people who got because it's it could have been and for a lot of people I think incredibly creative. It just didn't. That's not what it is that I love about it. I think that's not what pulled me into it in the beginning. And so it didn't. I didn't. It didn't really work for me. I, I kind of wish I was that kind of person. Is what I'm saying because I think yeah. it could have been really, really in a creative opportunity, but it just really wasn't for me. Yeah, that and that, and that's funny. The whole thing of people dressing up their bedroom and maybe even painting green screen or doing whatever and mm-hmm. dressing up their bedroom, adults doing that. It just reminds yeah. me of like making a <laughs> fort in your bedroom when you were a little kid totally. and creating. Exactly. I told, because you know they had blankets and pillows and For sure. weird shit oh balancing God. on stuff. It's really funny to think about. Uh-huh. It, it is. It's totally like a fort. And then you're like alone. And then it, it feels like an imaginary game because you're like yeah. performing for no one. So it's very true. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't for me. Again, grateful. Very, very grateful that I that I still yeah. could got to do it, but it just wasn't it's not the same. Yeah. So do you have touring plan this summer? Um, not this summer. I do have plans to do my first headline tour ever, which I'm very excited about. And I actually signed on to do it. Um during COVID actually we made the agreement to do a ten day mm-hmm headline tour but it's like kind of a reasonably vague timeline so i don't know mm-hmm. when but i'm i'm hoping the fall I, I just i'm dying to and then you know i just beyond the fact that it'll be my first shows back from covid i have never done a headline tour i mean of course i've played headline shows in various cities but i've never yeah. done that um and i'm really 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 excited so hopefully the fall it's gonna be fun i can yeah. i promise it'll be fun um, I want to play June, partly because awesome. it's June, but it's a good summer yes. jam. All right. <laughs> okay. Don't know how it happened, but I guess the summer's over. Yeah, it's 80 in LA, but you feel a little colder. Try to be a real cool girl and laugh it off like nothing hurts But I already miss you when my head is on your shoulder I could go slow, that's what you want But you never gave me a shout, babe I could be sweet if that's your type, whatever you like Still in the summer state of mind But the days keep getting shorter See September in your eyes
words that could keep my attention So straightforward, always keep me guessing And if we're playing a game, I never know the rules I put in what I thought that I was getting It's the nice guys I'd always need forgetting But you were never really that nice away you And I could go slow if that's what you want But you never gave me a shot, babe I did all the work, still I get hurt I guess you were never mine, babe But you feel a little colder Now I think about those nights at the springs The rosé you were tasting on me Couple months till it all came out You plus the girl I didn't know about uh, She's on your lap at our best friend's wedding uh, Guess you're good at forgetting I got played and downplayed You got laid and unscathed the summer state of mind But the days keep to that more this month required for june i guess thank you <laughs> so you said that you worked on this record in 2020 yeah well i was actually in london working on the record when i had to come home a little bit early because of california was locking down it was actually kind of unbelievable timing it was like i was in london for two weeks mm -hmm. um, working with this amazing producer george moore who i mm -hmm. stalked because he produced the song evergreen for yeba which, do you know Yeba? I do. She's like the greatest singer yeah. in the world. <laughs> and he produced that song and I just loved it. So I stalked him and found him. And then I went to London to make part of the record with him. And it was like every day of those two weeks, it was just getting spookier and spookier. And it was still totally yeah. life. Like I went to the Tate. I went to the Churchill War Rooms. I went to see live music. I went out to restaurants. I was just like living my life. But I was getting really panicky because I would wake up in the time difference. I'd have like 40 texts from friends being like, are you going to come home? Do you think, are you going to, what are you thinking? You know, everyone was kind of seeing what, how serious this was. And then I was at a bar, believe it or not, with my friend in London. And all of a sudden my phone just blew up and every, my family, everyone's like, California is shutting down. You have to come home tomorrow. So I had to leave early. And I always feel very lucky about that timing because I got to be there in the literal last two weeks of regular quote unquote life. Yeah. Um, George and I really got to know each other and like create a bond and like a sense of what we were, what I was after and had like a shorthand. And then we were able to finish the record basically just remotely, just sending stuff back and forth to each other. But this song, June, that you just played, we basically mm -hmm. finished in London. Although the vocals are the demo. I almost always use my demo vocals. Like I just sang it through twice the day I wrote it and I never... 
I, I wrote the bridge later. So the bridge is a different vocal. But other than that, it's all just from the day I wrote it because it always captures something impossible to capture later, I experienced in my in my experience. Um, but yeah, we did we did most of that when I was in London just before and then just finished it remotely. Well, I've I've gotten to listen to the whole record and Madman is my, my favorite tune. Do you have a favorite song on the record right now? Probably um, changes. It probably will change when you start playing live too. Yeah, it does change. Basically, I have like a 14 song record and we're just releasing it in pieces. So of those seven, I think my current favorite is the last track called IDK, which I wrote with my friend Eric Leva. And then my other very talented friend, Bryn Bliska, played this. She just did this like incredible solo at the end, key solo. And I love that song, I think, um, maybe because it's one of the ones I've, some of these songs I've just lived with for so long, but it's just like, if I listen to them anymore, I will hate them in a way mm-hmm. that makes me sad because I know that I love them. Like I love them so much, but it's like, yeah. I just can't do it anymore. It's just, I've lived too long with them that I've lost any sense of what I think. Um, and it's just, it's very clear that it's time for them to not, no longer belong to me. Um, so that's part of the reason I think IDK is a little bit fresher, but it also, yeah. um, it captures like a certain optimism lyrically that gives me a little bit more hope in a way to myself. That sounds kind of strange, but it's like, sometimes I, I hear it in my own voice, my own optimism from that little moment in time that I captured and it inspires me later. And, and I feel that way about that song sometimes. And also Bryn just sounds, she just played the shit out of the keys. So I love listening to her solo at the end. Yeah. So this is him for tomorrow is it's an EP from what I have that comes out on July 16th, right? Yes. And then there is there seven ish more songs later in the year. Yeah. It, it's two EPs, but it will live as an album in the end. And that was just really important to me. I think my label was like, can we just do two EPs? And I've just been relentless that it, in the end, I'm totally down to release it in pieces. I understand the logic behind that. Yeah. But it was very important to me that it live as a, as a body of work. It's just, you know, historically, because it is a body of work and I want it to go together because it belongs together just yeah. artistically. So it will be that in the end. And did you sort of record it all and write it in L.A. and then go to London, or is it all over the place time-wise? Um, I wrote it in L.A. and New York. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Madman I wrote in Nashville. So it, it is, mm. it's all over the place. Okay. Um, I wrote Madman with Jamie Kenny and Liz Rose, who's like that. She's a legendary country writer. She's just yeah. the coolest. I love her. She's just so smart and funny and talented, and I, I'm really proud of that song. But most of it I wrote. LA, New York, and Nashville. And then I recorded a big chunk of it in London with George. Mm-hmm. Um, although, like I said, almost every vocal is from the day I wrote it. A lot of times I'll try to redo it. And, you know, people on like my team always want me to redo it because it just makes it simpler in terms of producer, you know, if I'm collaborating yeah. with one person. But I, uh, so much of the time, it's just if I know my song too well, first of all, I will sing it too much you know, and I like when I sing a song I just wrote. So it's like the melodies are still a little bit unfamiliar. And also just, of course, you know, they're very personal songs. They're, they're about my life. And I wrote them in the moment that I was feeling that way. And it's just, that's yeah. impossible to replicate later. What is your, um, do you have an ideal situation for writing or recording in terms of being alone, being in a studio, being in front of a, your phone? I like to write lyrics alone. I write all my lyrics first, so I write poems. So I'm actually interested what poems, poetry stuff you were, you've been watching in in quarantine. Um, but I, 
usually go to a cafe and get caffeinated and write poems mm-hmm. um, because I get embarrassed to say what I want to say in front of other people because I like to co-write. So I'll, I'll write a poem and then I'll bring it to my friend or somebody and we'll jam on it. But I've always found it yeah. easier. It's like a tactic I picked up along the way. If I just write out all the lyrics, I can just read them or even text them the lyrics and then I don't have to talk about it because <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm more shy than it seems in that way. But I can't not write really personal lyrics. So, so you know, I, there's like just been times where I've come in and with a stranger that I'm gonna write a song with, and I'll read them this poem that's like just they're like, whoa, hi, nice to meet you. I'm you know, but that's <laughs> the only way I know how. So I like to write lyrics by myself, no. um, or else I'll just I won't say what I'm really thinking, and then bring it into the room with somebody and just like jam on it you know i tried to do like some zoom sessions with people mm-hmm. during covid and i did a few and i did write some songs i'm that are on the record but mostly i just found it to be like it's just like i want to like jam there's like latency and i'm trying to like oh, yeah yeah you know, it's just like ugh, so annoying i'm like can you just sit next to me and play the guitar and i'll just sing and we'll just see what happens i can't do it on the internet it makes me feel old when i say that but i just don't like it <laughs> i don't think it's possible it's can't it can't be possible yeah latency is not fixed there's some yeah. company whose name i can't remember is claiming that there's zero latency um but it's mm. I, I don't believe it it's impossible yeah. what if your um, connection's bad it's impossible yeah exactly uh you listening to any new tunes yeah i love the georgia smith i think it's an mm-hmm. ep that she just put out it's funny i didn't uh, she's been around and obviously i knew about her but for whatever reason i didn't really listen until this record and I kind of can't stop I really it's I kind of snuck up and become my new favorite I didn't it's like you know those records where you don't immediately recognize that it's yeah. going to be a, an important one and then it kind of yeah. becomes one yeah so I've been listening to her a lot um I've been listening to my friend Rabel he put out some new stuff that I think is great and he's a good friend there's this girl Sinead Harnett I never who knew who she was Sinead Sinead, mm-hmm. Sinead Har- Harnett she's just like record she just put out and she's has a really beautiful voice. I've been listening to that a lot too. Yeah, that's kind of my new my new finds. How about you? Mostly listening to seventies African rock. Great. I think is mostly what I've been <laughs> listening to. And uh, Itadi, I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, but back to what you said about you know someone's either been around or a record's been around for a while, yeah. and and then you listen to it. My version of that is. What I've really been listening to lately is Making Mirrors, the Gautier record. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I'm I, not you know, sure I, just, I ever really knew that album, actually. It's so, I, I know I sound stupid and old, <laughs> but it's so good. And it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to hear, you know, the single, um, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. And then I just left the record on and I was like, good God, this record is not only amazing, it's really like my kind of music, you know. Just list, just put it on. We're breaking ground here, talking about a breaking ground. This is we're breaking, breaking ground. New I'm music. turning people, I'm turning people <laughs> on the goatee. No, but to be fair, I actually don't know if I've ever listened to the album. I think sometimes yeah. when a song is that big, I'm just like, that's the curse of a song that big. You yeah. know, I think that's what happens. So it is. You are breaking new ground here. Yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> um. Well, I'm going to let you go. It's been nice to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to ask you one more question, though. What are you most looking forward to this year? Getting to sing live for people. 
Right on. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to release his music. It's funny. Of course I am. But it's also releasing music is complicated for me. It's kind of bittersweet. And it's always a little bit Mm -hmm. of a letdown. And there's so much I can't control about it. And I don't do well with that. So I don't really like to put too much excitement on it, frankly. But I know I could be singing for three people or 30,000 people. And I'm going to have a moment of like the greatest high I could ever feel, you know? So I always, that's my, that's my favorite thing. And and getting to play with other musicians, that is also what I'm dreaming of. And I, and I can feel it coming soon. So great. And the record's out July 16th. And hopefully you'll do a little bit of touring maybe in the fall. And I hope to see you out on the streets of rock and roll somewhere. Yes, you too. (laughs) All right. Well, take it easy. And, uh, you too. Thanks to so much you. for having me. I got You're baggage Bye. on my shoulders. You say, girl, let go. And I've been the bitch with the bad weather. You say, life is a record. Play a new song. Weather has like a hangover. Still drunk on until we're summers, ex lovers with guns. But I fell asleep the old me. Such a long, long time ago. Some new day come in my dreams. This is my hymn for tomorrow. Fuck the time, it's always flying. I can't move on. I never do There's no such thing There's only go on And carry everything you say Life is a record Play a new song And if it's never really over Make a new forever Baby, get free and get over So I fell asleep the Such a long, long time ago Saw a new day come in my dreams This is my hymn for tomorrow Come with the sun This is my hymn for vanilla